Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. All right, beautiful. Give him a hand. Come on, give him a big hand. Lisa is one of my favourite 4,000 people in the world. She's, uh, she's so beautiful. Um, have you seen photos of her when she was five? Because you saw the other day? Yeah, I haven't. Go on, you can go. She doesn't want to hear me speak. She's gone. You guys are amazing. You're incredibly generous. Uh, thank you so much for having us. We're, it's such a privilege for us to be with you. Uh, we were last year when we launched your centre, Centre 33. It was five years ago. I can't believe it. And you haven't seen us, but um, I pray for you, and I certainly pray for Nathan and Michelle. Oh, what a, isn't God good? What he allows us to do, and uh, we, we get to do some great things in our life, but that's not because we deserve it. Uh, I think God's got a sense of humor. <laughs> if God can use us, he can use you. So uh, that's beautiful. Thank you, Lisa and Soria. Uh, they're such beautiful girls. When we started Transform. Uh, 17 years ago it was I'm not going to spend long talking about that but it was just kind of amazing that what seriously you you want us to do it Um, but we'd proven I think to God either we love him but we'd proven faithful so I might mention a little bit later but God didn't want superstars he wanted people who wouldn't give up (laughs) so how outrageous we spoke to a lot of people that were in ministry uh, in Cambodia, and a lot of the advice we got was just rubbish. But, you know, God's taught me a little bit of growth, so I'd say thank you. People would say things like, well, because we, our heart's for the street kids. You know, they're really poor. And poverty is, is not a lack of things. Poverty is like a hope. And that's what we saw. We started around the Stumminche rubbish dump. So uh, Lisa would have lived very close to that. A lot of our kids, they're orphans, um, our first kids. And I just thought, well, gee, you know, people ask me, so Mark, when you saw these kids working in the dump, really poor, begging on the street, did, you, you know, did it touch your heart? And I said, oh, not really. I'm not a kiddie kind of person, you know. Well, we've got a number of grandkids. I love them, but I love to give them back. Um, <laughs> So I wasn't emotional. What I was, was angry. I was angry that anybody could think this is okay. Are you kidding me? So when people said, look, Mark, you can't expect to do what you're talking about doing. You can't expect to break poverty in their family. You can't expect to transform their life. Well, I don't know what Bible they were reading. It's not mine. And uh, now, 17 years later, we've got a lot of kids like that. We've got... Um, Education is part of what we do. It's only just part of it. But um, one of the fun things now, we had 246 uh, year 12 last year do their exams. 96% of them are in uni. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, are you kidding me? And they're beautiful. People like Lisa. Lisa studies full-time, night-time, and she works for Transform full-time. So what an extraordinary person. Isn't that great? Hey, never limit what you think God can do. So you've been learning all about faithful, being faithful and what faithfulness is, what faith is, that kind of stuff. Pastor Nathan said, well, can you talk on that theme? I said, well, I don't know what I can teach you. Um, You've already got great teaching. He's a great teacher. Um, 
But the place I start when I think about faithful is God. So we're going to look at the Aussie scripture from Lemmington's 3.22. This is Jeremiah. You'll know this says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Then you every morning, great is your faithfulness. I think there's a song, isn't there? You sing it away? Yeah. Great is your faithfulness. Oh, beautiful. God is absolutely faithful. How many of you work that out? He doesn't change. Uh, if you're feeling far from God, guess what? It wasn't him that moved. God is incredibly faithful, but that's God. What about me? That's a different thing. I'm not sure they'll be writing about me in the book of Lamentations. But um, what about me? Am I always faithful? Well, Hebrews 11.1, one, I'm sure you would have heard this during this last month. Now, faith is a confidence in what we hope for and assurance about things we do not see. I think there's a lot of Christians that don't actually live with faith. Why? Because they don't need it. Uh, You only need faith for things that aren't yet real or things you can't yet see. And God's called all of us to live like that. We've got to live on the edge. I guess uh, we've proven that, hey? Uh, We've we've also proven how good he is, hey? Look, it's one thing to believe in Jesus, and I'm sure you all do because it's just common sense. But... It's a different thing to be faithful to him. Believing in Jesus is not not that hard. He's the most documented person from 2,000 years ago. It's absolutely... The devil knows who Jesus is. Too often, I think, we Christians have a believing faith and we settle for that instead of a following faith. I think think even if there wasn't a heaven at the end of this, I'd still live this life. Um, God is so good. Look back over 51 years now. It was the winter of 1972. I was looking out here, see if anybody's as old as me. No. Um, 15 years old when I gave my life to Jesus. So it's now 51 years. And through all the incredible miracles that God's done in our life, as well as some pretty incredible challenges, this I can tell you, God has never left us. His call on us, his ownership of us. It's, uh, it's incredible. So I don't, I'm not a preacher. Um, I, I, guess, I guess we're missionaries. But um, so what I can share with you simply is, well, how, how have I stayed faithful? If that's any use, I'll give you a few things, that, a few thoughts, because we have proven our faithfulness. During 51 years and through all sorts of things, I had uh, life-threatening cancer in 2014, I think, wasn't it? I've had a lot of people betray family, sometimes betray us. Four and a half years ago is really interesting because uh, we feel a little bit like a little bit like Job version two. Because we sense it kind of feel like God said to the devil, Here's my here's my friends, Mark and Andrea, do your best. Every area of our finances was attacked and uh, we lost four and a half years ago about forty million dollars, which is a little bit. And uh, it's been a really interesting journey, but God's good. What he starts, he'll finish. Um, there's no tears in heaven. How many of you know, but that's in heaven. Um, there are tears here on this side of the grave. And uh, why do we need to live with faith? Well, because if you're living a full life and a life of significance, guess what? You're going to have problems. Don't whinge to God that you've got problems. When we have... Uh, attacks and lack 
then it's been years since I've prayed for a way of escape. Rather, I pray that God will enlarge us so that we can go through it. Hey? Um, I think, uh, you know, we get asked a lot of the time around the world, you know, what, what are the secrets? What do you, you know, how do you live a significant life? Blah, blah, blah. Well, I think the two things that we have more than any other is that we're incredibly loyal and we're stubborn. That's a spiritual gift, I think. Stubbornness. We just don't give up. We're not very good at that. The only thing we're good at is we don't give up. We don't just have a believing faith. We've got a following faith. Hmm. I guess loyalty and stubbornness is probably enough. I worked out yesterday that I've been following Jesus for 18,562 days. Not one of them. Not one. Have I thought that God's let me down? He's been with me. So I think we've passed the faithfulness test. So how can I teach you? Well, I'm not sure what I can teach you, but here's some things that helped us, okay? And then you can pick one. It's like a buffet. It's a spiritual buffet. These are some of the things I thought about. Well, God, how, how is it? Because we're not special. How is it that we've stayed faithful for so long? All right? Here's the first one. Make as many pre-decisions as you can. I'll explain what that means. But it saves a lot of time, a lot of energy, if you make decisions before the event happens. Will I forgive my wife whenever she offends me? She never does, but I've already decided she can't. I love her unconditionally. It doesn't really matter. So I've made that pre-decision. One of my um, favorite guys in the scripture is Joshua. Why don't we read from Joshua? This is 24, 15, and you will recognize this verse. Joshua is saying to the people, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors uh, that they serve beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. I decided when I was 15, a really insecure young man, that I was going to follow God no matter what. So he put me to the test. Joshua had made a pre-decision. And the rest of his life bore testament to that. That it doesn't matter what happens to me. We're in our family. We serve the Lord. There's a lot of pre-decisions I make in my life. And maybe there's some that God will speak to you about today that makes my life a lot easier to live. For instance, who gets up on a Sunday morning and then has to make a decision? Hmm, will I go to church? Is Pastor Nathan preaching? Sick of him? I feel like I feel like I need some mental health day. Don't get me going. I feel like I need a mental health day this Sunday. I'm going to go out for breakfast. No, nah. I decided 51 years ago that if church is on, I'm there. I don't have to think about it. Um, will I give my tithe first 10 percent of what we earn? Well, that's the starting point, by the way. But you already know that because you're so generous. I decided when I was 15, 51 years ago, that I would give God my best and my first. I, I kind of I get a little uh, confused sometimes, you know, when, when you hear of people who become really successful Christians, they get a lot of money, and they have a real problem writing a check. You, anybody know what a check is? That's what we used to... 
uh, you know, uh, my friend Pastor Jeff, he's a friend who I know, and he had, uh, I think it was $10,000. And it took him a long time to give it. I think, I don't understand that. Because when I was 15, I decided God would have my first 10%, which was 50 cents, by the way. Back, anybody know what 50 cents is? That's, um, it's a lot more than that now. But you understand what I mean? It's, it's not a problem. It's a privilege. One of the things that we love to do is to give to God. Give it back. So we don't have... That's a pre-decision that we've made. What else? Um, let me have a look. Will I always assume the best of my friends? Yes. 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 If you're my friend, I'm not going to believe anybody who says bad things about you. Uh, I'm going to believe the best for... I've already made that decision. Here's another one. Will I take offence? The answer is no. I refuse. If you want to give me offence, oh, my hands will be behind my back. I will not accept it. I've already decided. But Mark, you're such a lovely guy. People don't give you offence. Really? Well, we've been betrayed by friends, you know, but we live freely because I already decided. We've decided. We refuse to take offence. Will we be generous? My father was half Scottish. Um, so I didn't grow up in a generous family. But again, I made a decision when I was 15. I made lots of decisions when I was 15. You wouldn't have known me back then. I probably wasn't a very nice guy. I was insecure. I was proud. And, uh, but I wasn't generous. But I decided when I was 15, you know what? And by the way, I don't lie. I'm, I'm on the pulpit, you know. By the way, I've never met anybody yet in my 66 years that is as shy as me. I decided when I was 15, I wanted my life to count for something. So I better get over myself. And I can choose. I will not get scared. I will do whatever I have to do. I will never give up on God. And I will give him the first. So that's pretty easy. Um, and I'm going to be generous. Love offerings. We have in our church a, a tradition that we have visiting ministry. Fortunately, it hasn't been a lot because it saves us a lot of money. Because... We've already pre-decided. We don't You have somebody who comes to minister and we think, oh, gee, you know, hmm, that's a $50 sermon. Or it must Nathan be a thousand. <laughs> Is that speaking to you? God speaking to you, Nathan? Um, because we've already decided there's an amount that we give. We don't score somebody. If they come to serve, we're going to give it. So I've already made that decision. What else? Oh, here's another one, a big one. Is there anything that can stop us? Is there any trial that is too big for us? And the answer is no. This is uh, Paul, my friend Paul, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. The end of it says, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you're tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. In other words, there are, it's okay to feel like you can't take any more. Just don't believe it. It's not true. God has proven to me over the years that what I think I can endure is irrelevant. It doesn't matter. So uh, we don't get scared when there's big challenges. The last four and a half years financially, it's been a challenge every month to come up with a couple of hundred thousand dollars. But we can get through it. We have such hope in God. He wants us to trust him. So I, I, I can trust him, right? So life can be tough. That's okay. Don't grizzle. Whinge. 
Sometimes I speak to people in Cambodia who say, don't whinge, and they look at me, because I don't know what that is. A whinge, that's an Australian thing, isn't it? Whinge. Because God, it's not fair. They were nasty to me. I'm supposed to be blessed. Well, look, when you get to heaven, there's no tears, but we're not in heaven yet. How many of you know that? I mean, you're close in Sydney, but, you know. Um, on this side of the grave, again, Paul says, just and James, expect trials. Don't be surprised. That's okay. Don't blame God. That's just life. Sometimes life sucks. Am I allowed to say that in this church? Sometimes life really sucks. So what? Keep pressing on. God's good. So make some good decisions, all right? Some of you need to make some good decisions and just settle it. That's it. Get on with life. Here's, here's another thing that, that has helped me be faithful for 51 years, and that is I've made Jesus my best friend. John fifteen fifteen, great verse. This is Jesus talking, so it's in red. It says, no longer do I call you slaves because the master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I've told you everything the father told me. You know, it's possible to serve God for 51 years and not really be a part of his family. It's possible. For me, I had a problem in my early years because my father, God bless him, was tough and... I never got any love from my mum or my dad. I'm sure they did love me, but I never received any. And nothing I could do was good enough for dad. So you work it out, all right? So I'm shy, I'm insecure, and I'm trying to please a guy who was never going to be happy. So I became a classic achiever. I had to be the best at everything. So when I gave my life to Jesus, I, you kind of bring that with you. I had to have my brain washed. It took a little while. It took a few years for me to understand that my heavenly father... It's not the same as my earthly father. It took me years. Um, so I don't actually call God my father. I call him Papa. Why? Because <laughs> I don't call him Dad because that reminds me of my other dad. So sometimes we need to just change our mind. huh? I wasted years trying to prove that I was good enough. Of course, I can't. I can't earn God's favour and forgiveness and love and compassion. But fortunately, I don't have to. He's already given it to me. It's free. Took me years to work that out. Slowly, then Jesus became my best friend. This is my second best friend. And she's a really good friend to me. Jesus is my best friend. Goes everywhere with me. So that's helped me remain faithful. Here's uh, something else. I'm going to go a little bit long past Nathan because my wife went too long. This is really, it's not theology, hey, this is, this is life. Um, my third suggestion is find something good to do and do it. Really, Mark? Really? Yeah. Don't be one of those Christians who only talk about living a great life. Talk about what their dream is. No, you've got to do it. This is James. Chapter 2, verse 18 says, Now someone may argue, well, some people have faith. Others have good deeds, but I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. 17 years ago, when uh, we were in Cambodia, and what we were looking for was um, a great ministry, because my heart, our heart's always for kids without hope and abused women, all right? So 
uh, just on my heart. And I figured, 17 years ago I was a bit younger, but I figured I do not want to be one of those people <laughs> who just talks about somebody should. But we went to Cambodia and we thought God, without question, said to both of us separately, yeah, I want you here. I didn't know anything about Cambodia then. I know a little bit more now. And so we're looking for a ministry to work with, fund. And uh, so we, did, we paid someone, did some research. We went back, had a look, and my heart was so heavy. I thought, there's nobody here who's doing a transforming work. We were told, I think I mentioned earlier, that you can't expect to change these kids' lives. You can help them. Oh, oh my heart was heavy. And uh, it, went, it took me quite a while to have a conversation with God. Has anybody else here had a conversation with God that honestly you knew you were not going to win? No <laughs> matter how stubborn you are, he's more stubborn. I said, God, I can't have heard you because there's nobody here that's doing anything that I believe is, that you want to do. And he said, it's because I want you to do it. I said, no, <laughs> I'm a businessman. I fund missions. I don't run missions. But we're faithful. So we said, all right, let's just do it. Let me tell you if God can use us to raise up a nation. He can use anybody because we're a long way from perfect. Find something good to do and just do it. Oh, but I'm not quite sure whether this is God's call in my life. It doesn't matter. Just do it. Here's something else that might help you, some of you. I hope that's not too harsh. Can I have some water, please? Um, Look, if you've got a dream and a vision, because God has a purpose for you that goes beyond you, and he designed you and your purpose before he created the world. I'm not quite sure whether you're teaching that, Nathan, but that's, that's the truth. So you have a purpose. If you've got a dream or a vision, here's what I suggest you do. While you work on it, serve someone else. Elisha served Elijah. Joshua served Moses. David served Soul, where is somebody served Nathan? <laughs> just serve, just do. I'm not really sure if that it doesn't matter. Just do it. There you go. That's serve your way to significance. You can do that. Serve your way to faithfulness. Just do something. Here's the here's the last one. Who knows the expression gigo? It's a computer term. Gigo, G-I-G-O, is garbage in, garbage out. I've learned. Over the last 51 years to be more and more careful about what comes into my life. I'm very careful about what I watch. If we're in a cinema and there's something that just, mm, we'll walk out. We've done that with Mission Impossible (laughs) and a few others. I'm very careful because I know that my thinking will shape my feelings and that will direct my life. So I'm really fussy about what I let come in. I'm very careful what I listen to. I'm very careful. I listen to conversations. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone and at the end of it you're feeling kind of, mm, mm. I, now I don't wait till the end of the conversation. Sometimes I'm having a conversation and I'm listening to the words coming out of my mouth and I'm going, shut up. Just go back and get out of the conversation because the words that come out of your mouth are incredibly powerful. I, I'm, pretty, I'm very careful on which life videos I replay in my mind. You know what I'm talking about? This is like in the middle of the night when you, you can't help but replay the movie of something which hurt you or was embarrassing or shameful. And we're going to put that video back on, hoping 
that it will change, but the ending never changes. <laughs> so I have learned years ago, when people say, oh, I couldn't help thinking about that, I say, yes, you can, because I've learned. <laughs> I just don't play it. I just don't do it. I will not accept offence, and I will not replay painful things. What's the point? Look, I'm already over time. We have such a sexy life that uh, we, we, our double date is with my rheumatologist. And, uh, and he's a great guy. But we, we have turns. So he said, Andrew, you go first. And he does his bit with her. And then he goes to me, what about you? And he said to me last, this is last week, how come whenever I ask you what's been happening seven or six months, you look at Andrew? I said, because I don't remember. <laughs> because I don't replay things. And then Andrew will say, yeah, he had this, then this. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Because I don't. I don't replay. So I hope that's helpful for you. Um, I love the Apostle Paul. You will know this scripture. This is Philippians 4.18. He says, fix your thoughts on what's true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I can do that. Can you do that? Choose to take control of your brain and your thoughts. Who wants to, at the end of your journey, hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant? You reckon? Anybody here? I do. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well, here's just a few things that might help you that have helped in my life. Make as many pre-decisions as you can. Make Jesus your best friend. Find something to do and watch gear go. They're coming for me, the police helicopter. <laughs> Praise God. Look, you've already worked out I'm not a preacher, I'm a liver. But I pray for you. And I just expect that God is doing work in hearts and saying, what about you? How about you settle this issue? How about you make a decision? Um, it's so powerful. And who wants to be really intentional about living a faithful life? Is that you? It's just, make a decision. We're going to do it. God's really good. <laughs> Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations, and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew, and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church, and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support, and prayer, and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the next step button.